How's it going tonight, everybody? We are Run the Reel featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan. And we're back with another hopefully great review what? tonight. I, I just this hope. Again. Hopefully. Well, hasn't this, I thought we got past this like months ago. Yeah. Hey, I just really hope people like this movie. So. <laughs> okay, you know what? Me too. I won't. <laughs> Because I picked it, and I really like this director. But it's okay. If you don't like it, trash it. You know, whatever you want to do. But we've got another car movie. Yeah, that's our category. We're doing car movies. And I picked Drive this time. Um, This director, um, I got obsessed with his movies at the start of this year. And this was the second movie I watched his. Been wanting to talk about it. For a while, so we're finally doing it. He makes some interesting stuff for sure. Yeah, you got me to watch a couple of his things, and I liked some of them, and others not so much. But that's that's the way it goes with him. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, this director is Nicholas Winding Refn, and he did Drive here, and some other movies that I may bring up. But I'll just say Drive was released in 2011. And the IMDb summary, I'm just going to read it here because that's what everybody does. A mysterious Hollywood stuntman and mechanic moonlights as a getaway driver and finds himself in trouble when he helps out his neighbor. Yeah, I I guess that does summarize it. It's really not that complicated, I guess, when you think about it. Yeah, it's a pretty minimalistic story. I'm sure we'll get into that, but beware this is going to be spoiler heavy. Yep. So if you're worried about it, go watch it and come back. But if you're not, stick around. Don't drive off just yet. I'm curious, boys. What did you think of this movie? I'm not going to say anything for a bit. I just want you guys to talk. I don't even think it's fair if I talk about it. I gotta say, I don't know how I can be objective here. Don't you own a poster of this movie, Fox? I do have a giant poster of this movie in my entryway. (laughs) Nice. It is a cool-looking poster. I guess with that revealed, I will show my hand and say this is probably in top three movies for me. Oh, wow. Nice. How many times have you seen it? Well, I've only seen it like four or five times, actually. But every time, it's been amazing. I say that. The first time, actually, I did not appreciate it. And then I think you, Mike, watched it, and you were like, hey, this Drive movie's really good. And I was like, oh, crap, I've seen that. But I was a Philistine before, a plebeian. I remember that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know. What was, like, you know, what? however old I was, 13, 14-year-old Fox supposed to do with this movie? It's not like other car movies, you know? It's Yeah, it's very different from, like, Fast and Furious, or other action car movies we get today. It's not even really, it doesn't feel like an action movie. Yeah, it's just like a, it's a, it got, it's got really an interesting vibe to it that I like a lot. Like the, the colors, the music, just like the long lingering shots. All the, yeah, the, all the shots look really good in this. Like it, it really has like a cool tone to it. Just kind of like oozes style. But what really like intrigues me about this movie, I guess, is like the main character. Like, just trying to, like, figure him out, because he's such, like, a quiet dude. 
He doesn't say like anything hardly. <laughs> you really have to like. It feels like you have to pry the words out of his mouth half the time. Most of the characters here, they kind of like just stare at each other awkwardly, waiting for someone to say something, and then <laughs> they end up asking him a follow up question or something. <laughs> he just kind of goes yeah and nods his head. But I think he pulls it off though. It's not like it. It's a, it's just interesting. It's very different. It's like it feels like it's a puzzle that I'm trying to figure out. I don't know if I ever quite fully understand him, but. I, I find it intriguing, nonetheless, I guess. Yeah, the main character, Ryan Gosling, as the driver, I mean, he's unnamed, he's an introvert, and I see a lot of people in the reviews say his character is kind of a callback to action movie heroes in the past, like the 70s, 60s, you know, like Clint Eastwood. He doesn't need to say a ton. You learn more about him through his actions and the way this movie's shot. I would take a bit of umbrage with it, because in those older action movies, when the main character does say something, it's usually like something that you're like, oh, holy crap, <laughs> right? <laughs> Some insult or comeback or saying how they're going to dispatch you. And he doesn't do that in this. He just like, yep, or okay. I don't know. There's a scene where he threatens one of his co-conspirators in a robbery. That's kind of a different, more aggressive side that you don't see from him again. That's pretty scary, I think, yeah, when he does that. He's very much, um, and I've listened to quite a few interviews with Refn about him talking about the character. He's kind of like a werewolf a little bit. You know, he can be deeply romantic, like that elevator scene. Which, what an awesome scene. I just love that scene. It's so good where he turns around, kisses the girl, and then he completely snaps and bashes that guy's head in. So he has two different personalities in him. I think that's kind of interesting. So he definitely has the capability to do that stuff. He just doesn't always say it. He doesn't do it unless he needs to is the thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. He's kind of like a anti-hero a little bit is how I picture him. I mean, even with that awesome jacket, he's got like a superhero vibe to him. Absolutely. I think I saw that. Yeah. Gosling said that he had always wanted to be in a superhero movie and he kind of considers the driver to be a sort of superhero because he has that costume, the gloves and the scorpion jacket. And then he, you know, commits crimes, but <laughs> helps people out when he needs to. He even references himself as the scorpion, which is kind of cool. Yeah, scorpion and the frog. That's what I kept thinking of in this, yeah. It's like, what does the scorpion mean? It's like, that's the only thing I can think of, like, story-wise. Scorpion and the frog. But he doesn't ever really stab any in the back, but people around him do. I guess he's more of the frog than the scorpion, right? <laughs> yeah. Maybe he wants to be the frog, but he has to become the stinger himself because... He keeps getting forced into it because he, he does seem like he's becomes more unhinged the more like he gets personally involved in these things. Because even like with the rules that he sets up at the beginning about like five minutes, anything before that, I'm not there. Anything after that, I'm not there. But within that five minutes, something happens. I'm there for you. It's like he he wants to he's got set rules, set boundaries. And then when those start to like fall apart, he kind of. I feel it seemed to me like he started to kind of snap a little bit and get a little darker and a little more aggressive. Mm, I don't know if he snapped per se. I just think he did what he needed to do. 
I, I mean, he's, he's, he seemed like he snapped to me when he was stomping that guy's head over and over and over and over again. He definitely needed to stop that guy, but he was unhinged to me when he started. He, he didn't have to stomp that guy's head 5,000 times. I had to make sure he was dead. Hmm. Seemed a little crazy, a little excessive in the violence. I think even after that scene, he kind of almost loses it again when he's talking to Brian Cranston. I, I would definitely call that unhinged. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you didn't feel like he was going to hurt Brian Cranston any. I don't know. He yelled, I'm going to kill you in his face. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't have put it past him. I think he's justifiably mad about all this stuff, but I think he does, like, embraces his darker side and kind of, yeah, he goes all in on the violence. Yeah, he obviously knows what he needs to do, like, to clean up the situation, so... Nobody else expects him to know or be able to do all that stuff, so... Since he's just the driver. It's such a cool character arc that the driver has. I mean, he starts out doing that crime, but then once he meets Irene and Benicio, he kind of becomes more of like a family dude, more wholesome. But then once they're threatened, yeah, that's when he gets unhinged, and he's like, I can't let anything happen to them. And I think that's a cool um, character arc, his descent to protect them. He's like, I'm going to do everything I need to do to make sure that they're fine. I even kind of saw it like he, him and uh, Oscar Isaac Standard, is that what his character's name is? Standard? Yep, Standard. They kind of see the family in a similar way, I think, because Oscar Isaac Standard says in like his speech, he's like, you don't get a second chance that often and you have to really cherish it when it happens. And like, he's talking about, you know, getting back to be back with his family, getting out of prison. And I think that the driver kind of uses it in the, the same way. Like he sees these people as a way to like kind of become normal and normalcy. I mean, he's doing crimes and stuff. He's a stunt driver. He feels so detached, but once he meets these people, he really does like kind of become more like a normal person, I guess. And I think he really cherishes that and kind of sees them as his second chance too. Oh, yeah, that's a good parallel. I hadn't thought of, you know, Oscar Isaac's character as, like, the two parallels. They both realize they're going to do anything to protect the family and cherish what they love, you know? I'm glad you brought that up because I, I felt like I kind of noticed this time. You know, previously I'd kind of felt like Standard was a bit of a loser and kind of a jerk and a jealous dude but watching it again i don't know this time and really thinking about it for a review i don't think there's that much of a difference between the driver and standard besides that driver's just better <laughs> at being a criminal yeah i'd agree i mean in standard i think there's a difference too is where he's not willing to go back into that darkness again after getting a second chance whereas it feels like ryan gosling w is more willing to to go in there to do what it, he needs to do i guess no, he hasn't been in prison either. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I really like the driver as a character in this movie, especially the way Ryan Gosling plays him. Because like, we're having a pretty good discussion about this character, and he barely says anything in this movie. Just the scenes, the way this movie's filmed, the way Ryan Gosling acts, it he delivers such a good performance um, for this character. I think it's really interesting. One of like the most standout performances I've seen in a long time, I think. He definitely is good at playing people who don't talk a lot. He's very good. Just like his actions, his looks, the way he moves. I don't know. He's just really good. 
He says a lot with his face. I was thinking about our last movie with Fast and the Fur- Fast and Furious. That's what's called, not Fast and the <laughs> Furious, but just Fast and Furious, where you know Vin Diesel's having his like kind of like long stares, just like into the horizon, trying to emote something. And then I compare it to yeah, what like Ryan Gosling managed to do in this. That's like most of what he does in this movie is just long stares, and I get so much more out of it. it just really like accentuates how good he is in this. I think the the amount he's able to yeah just let out through his yeah, eyes and his face. He's so cool in this movie. Just the way he looks and dresses and how he, he moves and stuff. He's just so cool. Doesn't talk unless he needs to. Yeah, it's funny. It's just so funny to watch him interact with some of these people. Like some of the people he interacts with are like basically like crime bosses and they're like really like chatty and they're like, hey boy, what's going on? You know, this the big race. How do you feel? And Ryan goes like, good and he just kind of like nods his head or something and they're like it always like throws everybody off at first it feels like because they always like kind of take a pause and look at him like oh that's all you had to say okay (laughs) it's it's fun to see him yeah talk with all these people that scene where bernie like wants to shake his hand and the driver just like looks at it for a little bit takes off his gloves it's such a long pause like i would have pulled my hand back if i was bernie but then eventually he's like, my hands are dirty. <laughs> he just interacts with everybody in such interesting ways. You're right, TV. I think, you know, what's even cool outside of the movie even is what this did for Gosling's career. I mean, prior to this, it was all dramas and romances and rom-coms. And then immediately after this, he's in the eyes of March, Gangster Squad, Reffin's next movie, Only God Forgives, The Nice Guys, The Big Short, all kinds of you know, really branching, varied roles. Yeah, he's really talented, too. I haven't seen anything that I haven't liked him in. He had a decent amount of say-so in the production of this movie, too. He's the guy who got uh, Nicholas Winding Refn as the director as well. Really? Yeah, he was the one who kind of recommended him. And it's kind of a fun story. There's interviews talking about it, but... um, they had like dinner and Refn was super sick and he was taking American drugs because he's a Danish uh, filmmaker. So he was taking like American prescription stuff for being sick. And he was like, man, I was high as a kite <laughs> singing Ario <laughs> Speedwagon while um, Gosling was driving me around. And that's how they like decided to make this movie was like just driving around at night listening to music, which I feel like they capture perfectly in this movie. Yeah, I was going to say, that's kind of what half, well, I wouldn't say half, but a lot of this movie is just like listening to cool songs while you like get cool night shots of Ryan Gosling driving. Yeah, it's such a vibe. Yeah, I love the soundtrack in this. I think the music they pick is so fitting. It works so well. That's one of my favorite things about Winding Refn movies is he does... These scenes that are cool visual moments, they look good, the lighting's good, the like cinematography is awesome, and he puts a cool song in the background of it, and it's like character development through these scenes of visual moments and music, and he's like amazing at that. Every single one of his movies has that in it that I've seen. Don't know about Valhalla Rising, but besides that one, <laughs> everything else, well... I kind of forget that he did that one. (laughs) We can forget about that one. Everything else, though, yeah. 
killer. <laughs> that one's a very period piece. <laughs> <laughs> it might be weird to hear some, yeah, like synth wave in that. <laughs> or would it? Mm, hold on. I would watch it. It's got Mads Mickelson in it as one eye or whatever. <laughs> Put some synth wave on it. I like it. But no, no, you're right. I mean, the soundtrack is stellar. And I mean, the um, I think it's Cliff Martinez who did the score. And he does a lot of really good kind of synthy scores and works. And I think that might be what kind of propels this up so high in my favorite movies is this soundtrack and just all the backing stuff. Yeah, I know. I've bought several songs off of the soundtrack <laughs> just because I just like it so much. Yeah, I, I think it really does add a lot. I think you're totally right, Fox, that... It wouldn't be the same without those songs. The opening was really cool because it's got that subtle driving beat going throughout the whole thing. Ah, I love that song. Man, yeah, it, it really is. Like, Mike's been doing these visual moments, but this whole movie, like, I think it's like auditory slash visual moments because most of the scenes I think of are just Ryan Gosling driving around looking cool with a cool song. It's nice watching this after having watched the first four Fast and Furious movies. It's like you just sit down and you immediately are like, okay, I'm, this is somebody who, like, has a vision and is going to do something really cool with the, like, cinematography and stuff. Just the way they move the camera and different shots for this. So much better than the bog-standard Fast and Furious stuff. I was thinking about that, too, about, yeah, just comparing it like even just like the car sequences like the chase at the beginning where he's just like kind of almost casually driving around the city avoiding the cops and like hiding under things and doing a lot of like really creative things that like it's not even a high-speed chase but it's still just so awesome and different than anything i've ever seen and i mean we do get a cool high-speed chase later but like it it's cool to see like something so different compared to yeah what i'm used to with these like car stuff like fast and the furious and whatnot yeah, something I like about this movie, too, when we're comparing it to the Fast and Furious movies, um, that middle scene car chase after they robbed the pawn shop, there's no music during that car chase. It's all just the noise of the road, the cars, the characters, and it's super intense. Like, you take the Fast and Furious movies, the car chases, there's they're blasting music behind it. I thought it was a very interesting change from what i would have expected from a car chase in most action movies so Let, let's talk about that scene so i wasn't a fan of how they put it together i didn't like the editing so much in that second car chase i liked the first one a lot but as soon as they got the high speeds which maybe it could be because of the budget but felt like they did not try and do like any really nice shots of a high-speed car chase reffin's got all these long shots and stuff going around taking his sweet time and then he gets to that second car chase and it's like the shot length goes down drastically and it's like jumping back and forth between people real fast i just didn't like it it did it felt a little out of place i think Maybe they didn't have the budget to get, like, nice long shots of a car chase and stuff like that, you know? It just felt kind of weird in comparison to the rest of the movie. Yeah, I, think you're, I do think you're right. That is kind of one of those 
flaws that I was, yeah, referencing. Because I, I am a little disappointed in that chase scene as well. But I do think there's probably several reasons, maybe intentional even, for it. But it's not my favorite either, despite that. I mean, even in the third, the last one, like, there's a pretty long shot of him going up there and, like, bumping the guy in the back and making him spin out. Then we get the awesome shot of him T-boning him out of the dark and they crash the car. But it's it's just that, that middle part is like, eh. <laughs> just the chase scene or the whole movie middle part? Just, just that chase scene. That middle part is just like, eh, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I didn't mind it so much, but I, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I didn't even really think about it until you said it. But yeah, it does feel a little different, I think. Maybe it is because he feels like he's out. He's not in control at that moment. And like all the other chases, he's definitely feels like he's got a goal. He's focused. He knows what he's doing. I don't know. Maybe that's why it's so much more frantic and different. But I also think it's probably just a budget thing, <laughs> honestly. Like, and I get it being more frantic, but he still could have had some better shots in there than what he did. <laughs> you know, honestly, my theory is that I'd read that the director, Nicholas Reffin, doesn't really care about cars, know things about cars. Most of the car stuff in this movie is Ryan Gosling's influence, and I, so I kind of feel like he just wasn't really interested in making a big, high-octane, super good car chase. Yeah, and that scene does not stand out to me like a lot of the other ones do, really. Like, I kind of always forget about the middle section of this movie anyways. It feels like, you know, like, it's still good, like a lot of the stuff. But yeah, that car chase is not something that comes to mind. I guess talking about car action, what did you guys think of the other action in this movie? It is pretty brutal. I liked it. I thought it was awesome. It was definitely, like, very startling when they kind of, like, it's just so overly bloody and intense. But I think that's really cool. That that's just, just so graphic and it comes out of nowhere, but surprising in a good way, I think. Something neat I noticed about the way um, they portray the violence in this movie is each time something very violent is about to happen, there's a very slow buildup to it. Like we get a slow-mo scene, um, like the elevator scene where we get the slow-mo zoom in, where they dim the lights on the kissing and then he goes to town on that guy, smashing him. But also when he's like walking down the hallway with the hammer in the strip club or even at the pawn shop as Standard was like walking out, it had the slow camera pans in on Christina Hendricks and the driver. Each violent act in this movie has a very slow, tense buildup to it. It just helps accentuate it. Makes it really impactful, yeah, because you know something's coming, and you get the payoff, and you're like, oh, dang, yeah, someone's head gets blown off, or yeah, someone's head gets stomped in. Yeah, Reffin and his editor, Matthew Newman, they work together on all the movies, and they're, like, really good at doing that in their movies, the build-up to a super violent thing happening. I just loved when he put the like hammer in the guy's mouth that they took the time to put in the audio of the metal of the hammer hitting the teeth that just made it so much more b impactful and much better <laughs> when they did that and he just made him swallow the bullet that he gave to benicio like he's the driver is brutal 
Man, I was wanting him to hammer it into his head. That would have been sweet. <laughs> he needed him to get to Nino. He did, yeah. Speaking of Nino, you know, I know TV, you're kind of our Ron Perlman uh, aficionado. Oh, I love Ron Perlman. Yeah. I always forget he's in this. He's so awesome. Every time I see this, I'm like, this is like the most Ron Perlman I ever see Ron Perlman <laughs> act. Like everything he says is so himself. <laughs> He's so good in this movie, yeah. I love Ron Perlman anyways, but yeah. He he definitely is, yeah. He just feels like what you would expect him to be in a movie. Like what you would cast him for. The kind of the scummy <laughs> crime lord or something. He's awesome. He fits that role perfectly. He's cool, though, too. He's kind of intimidating in his own way, yeah. Just like the subtle things he says to Brian Cranston's character, like, how's the leg? And kind of like chuckles and stuff, you know, like he's... You really do get, like, a dangerous vibe from him. And they don't really, like, go into it too much, honestly. But there's, like, enough, like, hints and stuff to the build-up and reveal that he's kind of orchestrating the whole thing, that he's a, he's a dangerous dude. I think all the characters in this movie are super interesting, and I think all the actors did a phenomenal job. Like, each of these characters is, like, multidimensional, and they have layers to them, and they're interesting. All in an hour and 40 minutes too yeah i like everybody in this movie i think all the cast is so good yeah it's crazy like how many cool like great actors they get in this movie it's pretty awesome pretty much the whole cast yeah everybody in this is great it's like not your standard what you would think from an all-star cast but it is an all-star cast <laughs> not as well known all-stars i would guess but they're all very very good this is true, you know, I never really think about, like, knowing who Albert Brooks is, but he's been in quite a bit of stuff. He's the guy who played Bernie, right? Yeah. I thought Bernie was a very interesting character. Just his relationship with Brian Cranston's character was very interesting and kind of heartbreaking a little bit when it turned and you knew that Bernie was going to kill him. Just, oof, that really hit the feels yeah it is it is a bummer for sure yeah it just seems like they are kind of friends you know yeah he wanted to see that race car with his name on it yeah he was getting excited about it yeah that line always makes me kind of sad like i think he's being honest he's excited with the new business partner new venture like kind of stuff yeah you know one of the cool things that i kind of love about that is I feel like almost everybody, with the exception of Brian Cranston, is super honest and genuine in this movie. Everyone's wearing their, you know, whatever, hard on their sleeve. Even Bernie, the mobster. I guess speaking of the mobsters, kind of one of my, I don't know, favorite things about this movie is, like, how bad the mobsters are at being, like, in the mob, besides Bernie in this movie. Like, the more I watch it, the more, like, little things I see from all of them, like, how wildly incompetent they are. Like, I'm watching it through this time, you know, like, seeing Blanche come out of the pawn shop with the money in her bag, trying to look, you know, inconspicuous, but also walk fast, and accomplishing neither. Yeah, I like that about it, too. They're not, like, big head-of-the-mafia kind of people. They're definitely low on the food chain, even, like, the, the main bad guys in this. They're not, like, super important people. I think even Nino says something like, whenever I go to the big meetings, like, everybody treats me like a kid, you know, and he's, I'm, I'm like, 60 years old. And 
So it's like these guys are like small time, you know, like they're not even that like big, but I like that. It's so small scale, but um, and I mean, and like it's a million dollars, which is a lot to like any normal person. But, you know, in most of these movies, they're stealing so much more than that. It's a big deal in this movie. What did you guys think of like the cinematography in this movie with all the different um, lighting choices they do with the neon kind of vaporwave aesthetic a little bit at times? Or even just regular shots of people staring in the camera. What'd you guys think? It's good. I at this point it's kind of cheating to go for that because it works so well. But you know, they they they're very talented with the cinematography. Like I'd mentioned earlier, it's nice watching somebody not just do the bog standard thing, but do it competently. You know, it's very refreshing. <laughs> And it just and it just works so well with the style they're going for too. It's nice. Yeah, I really like the look of it too. I think it. Yeah, the visuals are one of the strongest points of the movie for me, along with the music. Like, yeah, it just adds so much together. I think it's just everything fits so tightly together and gets across what they want to get across. But just yeah, like the slow camera shots. Um, it really matches with yeah, like Ryan Gosling's character's personality. He doesn't really talk he kind of lingers just like you know, awkwardly lingers in the conversation that kind of thing like it works really well i think yeah yeah i think yeah reffens you know his use of color is crazy you know especially he's he's a colorblind guy has some form of it so he's always taken these super hard colors in his shots i know towards the beginning there's a scene where the driver's looking out a window and there is a super hard yellow light on his back. And it's like, what a bold move that is to go with, like, not a red light, not an orange light, but a super hard yellow obvious circle spotlight on a guy. I agree. I think that Refn is a master at showing you visual set pieces to do character development. So, like... I think he's really good at showing and not telling. Like every single one of his movies I've seen, you learn things about the characters through like these visual set pieces, these scenes that have them looking at the camera while music's playing or they're doing something, uh, some kind of action, something brutal's happening. He's very good at showing you instead of telling you. So like we don't need the driver to tell us everything he can be kind of silent because the visual side of this movie does a good job of showing his character development yeah and i think it helps that he keeps his story at least in this one super simple and he doesn't like he doesn't need to tell you that much because it's not anything too insane or mind-blowing you know it's fairly grounded nothing you really need to explain you kind of understand the world that he's living in and everything already reminds me a lot of mad max fury road in that regard, and you don't need the characters spouting exposition to you to <laughs> get it across. I don't know, like, what color correction or filters they used in this, but it's just, I really like what they did with it. <laughs> I know when we talked about Uncut Gems, I made the same comment, like, I really like the way this movie looks even without like all the crazy colors of the night city and stuff, just like whatever they did for that, whatever camera lenses and stuff they used to get the colors to come out like they are. 
even like the normal shots of just like yeah nothing like too crazy just like a shot of a person's face i'm just like wow that just looks so good I, yeah i want I, I wonder if it is some yeah just a special camera maybe the color corrector's just a genius that could be color grading oh i'm glad you said that dan because that's one of my favorite things about reference movies too so you should keep digging in if you like it all of his movies look super good yeah i'd agree even if I don't like him, at least the visuals have stood up for sure. It's always interesting to look at. He always does something interesting with his movies. Each one is different. Like most of them are kind of brutal movies, but each one has something different and interesting about it. And there's tons of different camera angles and shots and music scenes, visual set pieces that he does. He's just really good at it. Him and his editor and his cinematographer. I like that they, it seems like they use everything at their disposal, right? I know a lot of, it kind of seems like our, our favorite masterful directors, you know, are really big about shooting on film. Some of those older stuff, like, you know, handheld, well, I mean, all cameras are handheld. You know what I mean? Old timey film cameras with like an actual reel in it. But Refn just shoots digitally. And I think that's, it works great here, you know? I mean, I don't feel like I would ever know the difference, you know? And he uses it to his advantage, I think, with the color grading. It looks so crisp, yeah. I mean, it might be it. Like, it is all digital, and then it just feels... Yeah, it just it seems so, I don't know, clean, I guess. It's clean, and he does his shots in interesting angles, too. The one I'm going to bring up is there's a scene after he's gone into the strip club, and he's talking to Nino on the phone, the driver is, and he's holding the hammer, but the shot is composed where it's coming up from, like, his ankle... And so you see the hammer in the foreground, and then you see his face in the background. Like, most other movies, action movies like that, probably wouldn't have a scene like that. Just the way they filmed that composition. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting too nerdy about <laughs> Refn, and if I am, stop me. The hammer scene, it, like, lingers in that, what I want to say, it should be an uncomfortable angle, but it just makes him look super menacing. And it's got that like low, like in the background. It's just, there's so many visual set piece scenes like that in this movie. I love it. <laughs> I can't get enough of it. I watched all this guy's movies that I could for a while. <laughs> Which is so fun. Good for you going through like a director's like thing. I should do that. I need to finish out with Only God Forgives. That is my favorite of his. I'm pretty stoked about it. If you guys haven't seen Bronson, I would recommend. It's a weird one. Yeah, that's a weird one, too. Yeah, I watched it like in high school, and I thought it was really weird, but I think I might, I'd probably like it more now. I know Only God Forgives is pretty polarizing as well. You'll probably either hate it and think it's pretentious, or you might love it, but... Neon Demon is that way, too. Ah, <laughs> oh, you know, you're right. Maybe that's just his shtick. Everything's polarizing. <laughs> he doesn't. He does his own thing, and he doesn't really... I don't think he really cares if people like it or not. I think in some cases, from interviews I've heard, pe people talk about him, is that he kind of knows that's his reputation anyways, and kind of, like, leans into it. So he's got, like, a kind of a persona he has about him. I think this is his most approachable movie, for sure. I would agree with that. Well, I guess let's hit some overall presentation then. What's the uh, the scale? Ooh, yeah. So we got a scale here. It goes from burn it, pass, watch it, or buy it in that order. 
we're all going to give a little summary of our thoughts and then land our rating. Lay it down for y'all. So, you know, I know Mike loves this movie. So why don't you go first, Mike? <laughs> you know what? I will. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for putting up with the movie. I'm glad you guys liked it so far. Well, hopefully. I haven't heard the overall presentations. But for me, this movie is a whole vibe. I mean, that that's what I love about Nicholas Winding Refn. He's a master at showing instead of telling. Drive has so many amazing visual moments, um, you know, from the elevator scene to, you know, just the driver, Irene and Benicio, just chilling and driving, you know, underneath these bridges to, what was that, Real Human Being yep. was the song. There's so many just scenes that will show you character development instead of telling you, and Refn is amazing at that. And I mean, you combine all that with a tightly written story with each character's interesting and multi-layered, superb acting on everybody involved, especially Ryan Gosling. Um, and it's got brutal action that's filmed really well as well. I mean, I could just talk about all the praises I have for this movie. I had a blast watching it. This is a buy it from Mike. And if you like this guy's style the way he makes this movie i'm definitely gonna put a plug in for only god forgives that's my favorite movie i've watched this year so buy it from mike i did buy this movie actually we were like i i bought it digitally though so. oh what <laughs> yeah i can't uh disagree with anything mad mike said there i uh in the interest of time i won't reiterate all of it but um this movie is one of my favorites ever Maybe my favorite. I don't know. That's a hard thing to say, especially since we review and watch so many movies. But uh, this one, I often find myself wanting to come back to. It just, it looks so good. It's got such phenomenal performances from everybody. The music is stellar. I mean, it's a hands-down, no-brainer buy for me. I purchased it myself in prep for this review, as I should have done long ago. And, uh, you know, if you're a vinyl record collector, I'll plug for the vinyl on the soundtrack as well. It's a pretty rad, uh, transparent blue press. You know, it's got all those great synthwave songs, as well as all the work by Cliff Martinez. So yeah, it's a, it's a buy from Fox, and a soft buy the record if you like vinyls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... I, uh, the more I've watched this, I guess, the more I like it. You know, I liked it the first time I watched it even. And I feel like I really just get engrossed in it every single time. Um, yeah, mostly because the visuals, the, the music, it all melds so well together. This guy is a master at that. I think even if I don't like some of his movies, I think like the visuals, at least they stand on their own. So at least I have something to look forward to, even if I don't like it. Um, and this one, it's got visuals. It's got interesting characters, a good story. Um, I think Ryan Gosling is kind of, he's obviously the star of the show here. Um, that's really the, kind of like the thing that draws me in. I think it's just trying to figure out his character because he is so quiet, so reserved. It makes it really interesting kind of just to think about his motivations, what what his whole deal is. Um, they give you just enough uh, to kind of come up with your own ideas about him. Um, they don't go too deep into it, and I really like that about it because they don't really need to. And 
I think I'm going to give this a buy it as well. Uh, I do own this already. I bought the steel book like at Walmart for $7 or something. Um, and I got to say that was a very good purchase because <laughs> it has paid off because I've watched this several times since and you know, it, it just keeps, yeah, it feels like it just keeps getting better for me. So yeah, I'm going to give it a buy it. I think this movie has the least amount of notes I've ever taken for one of these that we've reviewed. Um, a couple reasons for that. Uh, first reason is that this is like the complete package you're getting here, right? You've got people behind the camera who know what the heck they're doing and are going to give you something unique that looks good still. Um, you've got the great color choices, the great music. It fits with the um, whole vibe of the movie extremely well. I just when I say that combination is cheating, um, but it does work. It does work really well, especially in this and with the tone that they're going for. Gosling's so cool in this. I love his whole like attitude and style and everything he's got going on there. And all the other characters are really well done. Very interesting, too, which is nice, especially for a for a movie with a shorter runtime. So that being said, I've been trying to figure out why I don't I don't think I like it as much as you guys do. And I'm not sure why. Like I very much appreciate it for all its technical aspects and its good storytelling and all that. Um well besides that middle car chase which we talked about that could have been better but you know the rest of it I'll I'll forgive it that for because the rest of the movie's superb I think the story's just a bit too basic for me in this one I did like the slow reveal of what was actually going on that was pretty cool but yeah I just think is a bit too basic and that's why I don't like I'm not in love with it I'd say even though I like everything else. Like, comparing this to something like Harakiri that I really, really liked lately, which was also, like, perfect from a technical standpoint, that's a story that, like, takes you on a roller coaster emotionally and, like, packs a big punch. Whereas this one, it's kind of just a basic storyline that's very, very well done. So, I don't, I think for that reason, I don't like it as much but i'm still gonna give it a buy i think it's pretty pretty well done movie all around nice that that's pretty high praise dan if you're comparing it to harakiri well i i wanted to i'm I'm not comparing it i'm comparing it to showcase why i didn't like it as much even though like, I agree that everything in it is really well done and really cool. <laughs> I, I get you. I think I felt that way the first time I watched this, Dan. Because I watched, this was the second movie of his I watched. And I was kind of like, this one had been talked up a lot. But the second viewing, I was like, all right, yeah, I'm totally in. This is amazing. I remember liking it the first time, but I, I kind of had similar feelings. I was like, you know, this was good, but I don't know if I quite get it. Like, I don't know. I don't think it was the story for me. It was just like I was trying to figure out, like, I think it was Ryan Gosling's character for me that I was just like, I don't really understand him, I don't think. 
But I don't know. The more I've watched it, I just think I just pick up on little things, and I just, I don't know. I, I it seems like it's been growing on me, and I've seen it maybe like four times. So yeah, I like it. It's it's good. It's very good. You can really tell this movie was made by a cast and crew and director who have seen a ton of movies and really appreciate them. And it's something they're passionate about. So that's what I like about it. Like, we don't get action movies like this anymore. <laughs> Hardly. Yeah, we don't, they don't make them like they used to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, honestly, I think that's kind of what changed it for me. You know, as I saw this when I was quite a bit younger and was not impressed. But since finishing college and coming into you know, this, this, this working adult life, I've fallen into that trap of nostalgia for a time you've never known. In this movie, I mean, <laughs> you know, I guess that could be the other moral of the story. I don't know. It's because, you know, it takes place in 2011. But yeah, I mean, this is like the 80s, you know, they're driving around in 70s Chevys and the mobs chasing them for money. There's all this pink text for the credits and openings. Yeah, Refn has said that he wanted to make this movie feel timeless, like it could be at any time. It's a very like engrossing. I don't know. I just yeah, I was kind of with you again with uh, what you're saying, Dan, about the notes. Like I didn't take that many either, but I was just because I was kind of absorbed. I was like wanted to watch it. You know, I didn't want to look away. <laughs> yeah, I was getting annoyed at myself for looking at my phone to type some stuff in. I was like, I want to watch <laughs> the movie. Dang it! Not a lot to comment on. It's all really well done. <laughs> <laughs> I had to think really hard. I took a lot of notes. I had to think and like dissect and analyze why I like Refn's movies so much for this one. So that's what I was trying to do. All right. So who's up next? Who's got the pick? Fox, I hear you got something up your sleeve. Well, I might have pulled it out of Dan's sleeve, but <laughs> <laughs> he uh, mentioned a movie called Duel last week, and I was very intrigued by what i saw of it i i realize now that it's it's been referenced quite a bit as a kind of pop culture thing in a lot of shows i've watched so yeah i'm really interested to see uh, what this whole thing's about i think it might be kind of spielberg's first big movie yep it is i haven't seen it either so i'm pretty excited to watch it yeah got one of the new masters going up against one of the old masters now It'd be good to go back to some Spielberg. Yeah, I haven't watched any of his stuff in a long time. Not even his classics. Although I did win a Raiders of the Lost Ark in a giveaway I forgot about, so... Oh, man, now that's a classic right there. But in the meantime, any listeners out there, you want to get in contact with us, tell us your thoughts about Drive. Um, I'd love to hear them. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Run the Real. or you can email us at runtherealpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Do you like this guy's work? Do you not? Um, where do you land? What are some of your favorites by him? Do you like Drive? Do you think it stands up? Is it Should it be touted as such a great piece of cinema? Or is it overrated? I want to know. Yeah, get in contact with us. I clearly like talking about this guy, so... <laughs> yeah, hit us up. Yeah, talk with me about Refn. Anyways, thanks for listening to us tonight. This is Run The Real, signing off. Mm-hmm.